He brings us the good news. Uh, Brian Beeson, if you don't know, used to be on staff here as a youth pastor, good friend of mine in this church for a long, long time, is now on staff at the House of Prayer in Kansas City, and um, is awesome in uh, releasing the Word of God uh, to people. So I'm going to pray for him. God, thank you. You said where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And the Spirit is in Brian. So we ask, Lord, that you'd release the freedom of the Holy Spirit in him. Give him clarity of mind as he, as he uh, preaches and teaches. And release the good work of the Holy Spirit among us. We just pray you bless him and let the kingdom of God come down right upon him and right through him. For the glory of Jesus. Amen. All right. Well, good morning. I feel like it's a family reunion for me. I mean, just being back in Indianapolis this week and getting to be with many of you and seeing you this morning. So I love it. I love being here and um, really look forward to just being with you and also giving this message because I feel like it really brings a lot of clarity and understanding and different ways we can grow in the Lord. Um, Just before we begin, though, I just want to say that my wonderful wife and two kids are not here. So Everybody knows where they are. They're back in Kansas City. Joni just thinks it's easier to keep them in their schedule uh, because Isaac is four and Hosanna's two and a half, and they are busy. If you've got young kids, you know what I'm talking about. They're the kind that, you know, don't sleep as long as you thought other kids would sleep. You know, they just keep getting up early, and so she's with them, but we'll be back in June as a family. And um, just wanted to say, too, for some of you that don't know, like uh, Randy mentioned, it's almost seven years now since I left to go out. I didn't know how long it'd be, but the Lord's kept us there at the International House of Prayers and Missionaries. And, uh, you know, we just want to say thanks for those that are partnering with us and supporting us. We couldn't do it without you. And as a church, you're partnering with us. We just want to say you're having an impact. There's about around 100,000 visitors a year to the uh, mission base there. People come in to get refreshed and um, strengthened in the Lord, and you're a part of that. You're helping that. And um, there's also a, a school in all Chinese language. So they're bringing people from mainland China and Taiwan, Hong Kong, and they're getting a year of training in Kansas City. It's kind of bizarre. And to think about it, but they're coming, and then they go back home after a year, and that's where Joni gives most of her time when she's not being a mom in the house. And uh, this summer we'll be at several churches doing conferences when, after we visit our, my wife's side of the family. And so you're also investing in the Chinese-speaking church and just how they're growing. There's a lot of new Christians. Uh, the Christianity in Taiwan's doubled just in the last decade or two, and in China as well. So just you're, you may not know it, but by being with us and partnering with us, you're having an impact um, in strengthening the body of Christ in other places. So I just want to say thank you. And, uh, and I just really thank you for your friendship. Yeah. So um, is my mother here? She'll be here probably second service. She had a late night. I just wanted to just draw attention to her. She, uh, she, did, she was at some fundraiser last night. So I'll, I just wanted to just draw attention, just honor her, but just honor her in her absence. Uh, so I want to today, <laughs> slightly awkward, um, I, I want to talk about today the baptism of the Holy Spirit the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And if you didn't get these, there's notes. I'm not going to get through all of them, uh, but they're really a reference for you later. And some of the verses are on the notes, and I don't quote all the verses, so you, but you can look at the references and read later. It's for, it's for you, but I like to have notes because you may not remember everything we talked about, but you can go home and study them. And that's kind of why I've given that to you. You can tell that I came from an educational background. <laughs> But I like that. And so we're going to talk about the baptism of the Holy Spirit this morning. And um, this is really important. 
It's very important. It was one of the main reasons why Jesus came, was to baptize us in the Holy Spirit. You know, that's actually one of the forgotten titles of Jesus. Jesus, the baptizer. Jesus, the baptizer. Before John uh, baptized Jesus, John said this about Jesus in Matthew chapter 3. Look at letter A here. He said, I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance, but he, Jesus, who is coming after me is mightier than I, and he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. The Holy Spirit and fire. So what does that mean? Well, it's amazing because if you look further, this is something that Jesus really longed for. During his three and a half years of ministry, he said he was distressed and he was waiting to release fire on the earth. I don't believe this is a fire of judgment. This is the fire of the Holy Spirit on human beings. He wanted God in human beings, God alive in human beings. And Jesus said he was longing for that. But before he could baptize us with fire, he had to undergo a baptism of himself. It was a baptism of death on the cross. So I don't believe when you look at Luke 12 there and letter B, he's distressed about the cross. I do think he was troubled by it, but I think the distress is that he's groaning and wanting to put the Holy Spirit on people, put the Holy Spirit in people. So for his ministry, that was his aim. And so that after he was uh, resurrected, he told his disciples, well, actually before he told them, but thinking about when he was going to leave in John 16, he said, it's actually good. I'm going to have to go away temporarily. Praise the Lord. He's coming back. He's going to be with us forever. But he said, I'm going to go away. It's good that I do this because I'm going to send you the helper. So in a sense, because he's absent, it's caused us to learn how to uh, host and be friends with, how to commune with the Holy Spirit. Because Jesus is gone, how do we know God? How do we talk to God? How do we grow spiritually? How do we do anything? It's by the Holy Spirit. So he left, not because, you know, he, he's preparing things for us. There's other things he's doing. But part of the reason why he's left is so that it would strengthen our relationship with the unseen God and each of us growing in the life of the Spirit. So let's look at three aspects of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. We're just going to give an overview, and then I want to focus on the baptism of prayer. That's kind of where we're going to land today. Are you following me so far? Good. First service, we're all awake. Praise the Lord. <laughs> all right. The baptism first of his presence. So when the Holy Spirit, you're baptized in the Holy Spirit, you're baptized in his presence. I just want you to think about this with me because it is quite remarkable that the God, it says in Jeremiah 23, he fills heaven and earth, the creator God. He encompasses the highest heaven, and yet he is dwelling in human beings. How is that possible? That all the created beings, God designed human beings to host him, to carry him. No other created being can do that. We are quite unique. We are a special treasure to the Lord. Think about in the Old Testament where the um, priests could only, when they went into the holy place, if they, weren't, if they weren't going into the holy way, they weren't going into a worthy way, they'd get struck dead. And yet that same presence that was in the Ark of the Covenant over those cherubim is in us. And we're not blowing up. Did you ever think about that? When you receive Jesus, 
and you said, Lord, come into my heart, that the holy presence of a creator God that fills heaven and earth is living now inside you, God in you. That's remarkable to me, that we're not blowing up right now. Like we're not just smoke coming out of our ears or just explode. Because the power of God to create all these things is living in us. It's not a fraction of God. It's God himself. It's the Holy Spirit. This baptism is amazing. I want to thank Jesus for giving us the baptism, the baptism of his presence. You know, if we ever doubted that God loved us, we just got to think about it, that God is forever living in us. If it wasn't enough that he just died for us on the cross to take away sin and deliver us from the power of the devil, I mean, that's great. I really appreciate that. I really do, and I'm never going to get over that. But then he also put God in me. And actually, that's the, the aim of salvation. It's not just to be delivered out of sin. It's that God would live in each of us. God would live in you forever. A billion years from now, you're going to have a resurrected body living on the earth with a renewed mind, a restored body, a re, uh, emotions that are healed and renewed, and God living in you. A billion years from now, you're an immortal being. Have you ever thought about that? Have you thought about that? It's a mystery. It's amazing. This is just a kind of a blip on the timeline of our existence here, but it's very important. It's the baptism of a presence. So Jesus died. He underwent the baptism so that we could be baptized. The aim of salvation, not just God with us, Jesus with us person to person, like our friend, but also God in us. That's what he paid for. That's why we're so precious to the Lord. He really loves us, not only to die for us, but to live in us forever. Colossians 1.27 says, Christ in you, the hope of glory. Christ lives in you. The second part of the baptism of the Holy Spirit is the baptism of purity. Baptism of purity. So once the Holy Spirit is in us, uh-oh, the glad joy worker, he's the, he's the happy guy, he's living in you, but you know what? He doesn't want each of us to stay the same. From that place of living in us, he launches an invasion to take over, to convert us, to transform us into the image of Jesus. He never rests so that the way Jesus loved us with all of his heart, the Holy Spirit's going to help us love Jesus with all of our heart, all of our strength, all of our mind. He is joyfully doing that. Oh, you know what it's like when you uh, let the Lord in your life, and then the things that you were doing that you thought, well, this doesn't really matter, all of a sudden he's like, uh-uh, don't eat that whole bag of potato chips. You're gonna, it's not only good, not good for you, it's, just, it's, it's dulling your spirit. It's keeping you from this. Oh, that anger when you release those words of criticism over your spouse. You don't want to do that anymore. I'm coming. I'm going to transform you. I'm going to conform you to the image of Jesus. I'm not finished with you. I'm going to help you become like someone you can't on your own. I'm going to grow myself in you. You know, Romans 5.5 5 says that the love of God is poured out in our hearts, not by our own effort, but by the Holy Spirit. So it takes God to know God. It takes God to love God. It takes God to grow like God. Thank God because I don't want to try to be somebody I can't be on my own. I want the Holy Spirit, and I'm talking to him, to show me how to become like Christ and to empower me into that life. It's the baptism of purity. God doesn't leave us alone, but he does that. Holy Spirit's fire. He's, he's the seven-fold uh, flame of fire in the book of Revelation. He was the tongues of fire on the apostles. He's fire. 
Well, Jesus said, I want to send fire on the earth. He's talking about the Holy Spirit. Well, what does fire do? Well, fire burns stuff up. <laughs> that fire of purifying and cleansing, that's the fire of God. But fire also transfers qualities of something. You ever taken, have you ever gone to like, I don't know if they still do this, but Connor Prairie or someplace like that where there's a blacksmith? I was wanted that job when I was 10 years old. Like, that's so cool, you know, swords and fire. Like, it's every boy's dream. <laughs> swords and fire and a hammer, too, so just throw that in. And, you know, you stick the sword in the fire, and what does it become? It becomes like fire. You pull it out. It's on fire. It's moldable. It's malleable. That's like the Holy Spirit. He's in us. He transfers as fire the very qualities of God to us. We get on fire. Our heart is burning for Jesus. We, we're aware of our spiritual hunger for God. We don't want to criticize our spouse anymore. We don't want to kick our dog. We don't want to get drink. We don't want to drink too much alcohol so that we're not we're dull in our spirit. We want to be aware and sensitive to the Lord so that we can enjoy Him and be in communion with Him, and 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 step into the fuller privileges that God's already paid for. It's that fire that convinces us and that fire that transforms us. I love that about the Holy Spirit, the baptism of purity. But today we're going to talk about the baptism of prayer. The baptism of prayer. You know, we all have, we don't really want to pray naturally. It's to take the time to fast our time to talk to somebody we can't see and most of the time after we pray, we don't see that something happened. It, naturally, it's hard to just want to pray. But the Holy Spirit living in you wants to. He really likes to pray. He was in communion with the Father and the Son before anything was created. He likes to pray. He likes to talk. He likes to be connected to the Father and the Son. He's living in us. He say, oh, open up your mouth. Take a pause. Talk to me. I'm right here in you. The Father's right above you in heaven. Come into this family. Joy, enjoy this family, this, this communion of love and acceptance and security. Oh, here I am. Talk to me. We feel that whisper in our ear, and that's the Holy Spirit. He likes to pray, and he not only likes to, he can show us how to. He really can. He can show us how to pray. I found this interesting. I just saw this a couple weeks ago. You know, the disciples were with Jesus for three and a half years, and he sent the 12 out, and he gave them authority over demons, and they cast them out, remember? They came back and they celebrated. But in the same chapter, Luke chapter 9, when Jesus took three of them up on the Mount of Transfiguration, the other nine were down there, and there's somebody with uh, this boy with a seizure and mute, and the disciples couldn't cast that demon out. Remember that story? Couldn't do it. Well, so they just, they just cast it about some out earlier, but they can't cast this one out. Jesus comes down the mountain, and he's like, this, you cast the demon out right away. And he said, this kind only comes out by what? Prayer and fasting. So even after three and a half years of being with Jesus, they still hadn't learned to walk in the authority that Jesus had given them. And I think it was because of their prayerlessness. They hadn't experienced the fuller realities of what Jesus was giving them, even though they'd been with him for three and a half years. They'd watched him do it. And actually, that provoked them to say, Jesus, teach us to pray. Help us pray so we can do that. 
So the Lord is, I think, stirring in us, hey, if you want to see breakthrough, if you want to encounter me in deeper levels, I want to teach you to pray. So let's talk about the baptism of prayer, top of page 2, Roman numeral 2. Now, overall in the church, we have kind of avoided this topic, not necessarily in the vineyard church, but I think sometimes, but in the church at large, the body of Christ, because talking about praying in tongues, the baptism of the Spirit, there are so many different kind of views I, if I said, raise your hand if you've been abused somehow, and that's not what I mean, like people prayed for you and maybe pushed you too hard, or you were, something happened, you don't know what happened, and maybe you never really figured it out, and kind of have a, like maybe a little reservation, I'm sure we'd have a lot of hands in the room, um, just from different backgrounds, um, but I think there's at least three types of people here in the room, I think there's uh, Christians or believers here that you've got uh, the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and also um, a prayer language where you're speaking in tongues privately, and I want to encourage you today to do it more. So that's one group. I want to encourage you to go for it. I'm going to give you some reasons why. And then there's, I think, a second group where um, maybe you prayed in tongues, something happened to you, but you're not sure what that was. Uh, or maybe you, uh, were want, you, you got pray, prayer for that, and nothing happened, and you're not sure what happened. And for that group, I just want to stir you up and encourage you. And I want the Lord to bring any kind of healing for you, just a a clear teaching on the topic. And I want the Lord to empower you to desire it again, like you did the first time. And then there's probably some people in the room that maybe are still seeking the Lord. You're here, and maybe you don't know if you've surrendered and given your life to Christ. I want you to see that there's uh, something God has offered to people that we can pray with power, and God will answer us. And God is always with us. I want you to kind of get a, an understanding that what sets Christianity apart from other religions, which is God in you and God doing the work inside you versus us doing the work on our own. It's really what sets Christianity apart, that the Lord wouldn't just pay for sin but also live in us and then pray through us to accomplish what he wants to do. Very unique thing about Christianity. So just remembering... Uh, my first exposure to the baptism of prayer. And um, I just want to say this too. You know, I believe you can be baptized in the Spirit and not have a prayer language. I just want to say that. I think you can be baptized in the Spirit and not speak in tongues privately. Although I believe every Christian can do that. Um, I, think it, I think that you can be baptized in the Spirit and, you know, have other uh, things that you're doing. And, or maybe it's just the gift isn't released yet. But I'm, I just want you to know that just because if you think, oh, right now I don't pray in tongues. I don't know if I'm baptized in the Spirit. You may be baptized in the Spirit. The Lord, He only lives in you, but you may be um, feeling the overwhelming sense of His presence and the purity of God changing you. So I think if you already uh, you know, are aware of His presence and Him changing you by purity, I think that's a good sign that you've been baptized in the Spirit. All right? So I just want to say that. Um, but I remember when I was younger... Uh, my father was a, uh, he was a, a pastor, and um, I would sometimes stumble into his study before church that morning. He'd be praying in the Spirit, you know. He'd be like, shandadada, shandadada. He'd be praying in the Spirit on the floor. He'd be laying on his stomach. <laughs> I don't think he had to do that, but he would lay on his stomach, pray in the Spirit for a while. Then he'd go out and preach, and I would watch him preach, and it was my dad, but some things would happen. I'm like, that was really interesting. I would feel, I would feel like things just I had to describe it like anointing or like energy or just something that was not just my dad. It was like God touching people through my dad talking. Does that make sense? That, I saw that. I saw the prayer in the Spirit, and I saw that result. 
um, when I was 11, I was at a, uh, it was a Pentecostal youth camp, and I was there, I don't know, remember what was going on, I also remember, like, come forward if you want to receive more of the Holy Spirit, so I came forward, and, uh, yeah, I didn't know what's going on, I just had driven go-karts, like, 30 minutes before, I was excited about that, and, <laughs> but I just knew that I was really hungry for God, and they're praying for me, and they asked if I, you know, had spoken in tongues, I'm like, no, and would you like to, yes, and I remember, it was probably 20 minutes, I felt very gentle, the Holy Spirit on me, just stirring in my, in my chest, stirring on my stomach, physically feeling sensation, but really feeling God's love. And I felt like I wanted to speak, but I just, I, I was afraid. I did, and I didn't know to let, how to let go. And I remember finally letting go, and a very simple syllable came out, a ta-ta-ta-ta-ta. I mean, it, that's what God gave me my first couple years, a ta-ta-ta-ta-ta. I but I remember as I started speaking that, the, it was like something began flowing in me, and I feel like it really released a lot over me, through me. I remember that following week, I mean, I not, not only did I want to live for Jesus, the baptism of purity, not only when I was aware of his presence, but I feel like I was, I just, there was like this big orb of God's love around me for a week. And I, because it left later, it wasn't, I don't think it really left, I just think God allowed me to sense that, to, to let me know that's what he was doing. But it really marked me uh, at 11 years old. And, you know, I didn't really use that gift much because it was very different for me. And I was in different uh, Christian environments that didn't really embrace that gift. So it wasn't until I was a missionary in China until I really learned some of the benefits of praying in tongues. I'll maybe talk about that more later. So let's look at letter B, Roman numeral 2. That's kind of my personal background, at least the beginning part. But 1 Corinthians 14, verse 18, this should give us pause. When Paul said this, should really kind of make us stop when we're reading the Bible, like, really, Paul? He said, I thank my God I speak in tongues more than you all. He's writing to a group of Christians. Okay, first of all, I don't know about you, but like, Paul, that's pretty audacious. Like, you think you speak in tongues more than all of them? Wow. Like, how do you know that you're doing that? And, and he's kind of telling the church, I want you to pray in tongues more. And so if the Apostle Paul said that to them. I mean, he was a busy guy, you know, planting churches, preaching in synagogues, preaching on the street corner, and yet he said he prayed in tongues more than anybody else. How did he do that, number one? But then, why would the Holy Spirit put that verse in the Bible? Why would Paul or the Holy Spirit together, why would they value tongues so much that he would say, I pray in tongues more than you all? So, I think, well, let's look at some of the benefits here in a minute. But I think this gives us a glimpse into Paul's personal prayer life. He was very busy, but he always stayed connected to the Lord. I think tongues is kind of giving us this verse about tongues, giving me a glimpse on how he kept his relationship and communion with the Lord, his prayer life. So I'm kind of jumping around. Let's look at Roman numeral three, just to bring this clarity. I was confused about this point for at least a decade when I was young and in my 20s was confusing the public use of speaking in tongues with the private devotional use. Anybody else been confused with that? Like anytime someone uses tongues, you always think there needs to be interpretation because there's two different uses of the gift. This brought a lot of confusion to me, and I think a lot of Christians seeking the gift or wanting to use it because if you're confused or fearful about it, you're not going to do anything. And if you don't do anything, then nothing happens. <laughs> and then we just kind of stay that way. So I'm hoping this helps a few of you because if you look in chapter 12, letter B, 
the public use is the, for the benefit of all, and we know, uh, and, and it's also just for certain people God's given that gift. So if you look at verse 7, it says, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the profit of all. Verse 10, to another, different kinds of tongues, to another, the interpretation of tongues. Verse 30, do all speak with tongues? That's a rhetorical question. Paul's saying don't, all, all people don't do that. But he's doing it in the context of a public gathering. He's saying publicly when you gather together, not all of you are going to have the gift of tongues on you. Just the Spirit will manifest himself on a few for that. Does that make sense? He's saying that's a specific, that's a gift for everybody to edify the whole body that's hearing. That's why it needs to be interpreted so people can understand what God's saying. And it's for people. It's directed to people. And it's a gift that some have. But if you go to Corinthians 14, let's look at letter C. There's a private use of tongues. This is what you can call your prayer language or devotional tongues. In this, the Lord is saying it's private use, addressing not people, but address, addressing God directly to not edify everybody else, but to edify yourself. And he affirmed all could receive the gift for their personal lives. Look at 1 Corinthians 14, 2 through 5. <clears throat> Verse 2, he says, For he who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men but to God, for no one understands him. Ashandai lahandai, right? I, I don't know. I was just making that up. Verse 4, He who speaks in a tongue edifies himself. I wish you all spoke with tongues. So he's, just, he's, he's saying, look, it's for yourself. You're speaking to God. I would love all of you to do that. Then if you go to Mark 16, Jesus said these are signs that will happen for those who believe. You know, they're going to cast out spirits. They're going to heal the sick. They will speak in different tongues. They will speak in different tongues. So one is for a few and, and another gifts for all. One's for the public use. One's for private use. So... When Paul was speaking in tongues more than anyone, I believe he was referring to his personal prayer language, not in a public service. He's talking about his own personal prayer life, not when he gathered in churches that he prayed more than anybody else. So let's look at Roman numeral four, three benefits of speaking in tongues. Three benefits of speaking in tongues. Now, I, this is where I'd love to just tell a lot of stories because I've I've experienced this, and I've seen others experience it, and I didn't even know this. When I was 11, I didn't know any of this stuff. I just know that God loved me <laughs> when that happened. That's all I know. I know it was a little strange. I know my brain was doing other things when my spirit was praying. That's all I knew, and I knew I was kind of afraid to talk about it in the settings I was at because nobody else was talking about it, and I probably, if I didn't have a parent or two or other people around me that look normal in regular life do it, and I realize, oh, okay, that's normal, I probably would have been freaked out by it. But the fact that I had role models that were doing it and were still normal people, it helped me. I'm honest with you. If I just would have walked in there and a bunch of people were doing that, I'd have been like, what in the world? That's why Paul says in 1 Corinthians 14, if you do that publicly and there's no interpretation, it says people will think you're what? Out of your mind. That's why I think a lot of people think that way about this. <laughs> but you know what? I am so encouraged. I just saw an interview. but it's, I just saw it, but it's a couple years ago. John Piper. 
he was on there being interviewed, and they said, do you believe in speaking in tongues? And he said, I do, but I don't do it. But I ask God that if I can keep, if I could get that gift, I do ask him. I thought, what a humble man. Thank you, Lord, for people like that in the body of Christ that honor the word and would choose the word over their experience and, and like a child say, God, I'd love that gift, but you haven't given it to me, but I'm still going to say it's real. Even though it kind of looks different, I'm still going to say it's real. I thought, what a humble man. Thank you, Lord, for people like that. So first pur- purpose, Roman numeral four, letter A, is speaking mysteries. Look at 1 Corinthians 14, 2. For he who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men but to God, for no one understands him. However, in the spirit he speaks mysteries. So even my ta-ta-ta-ta for the first five or whatever years of my life, that was a, there was mysteries that my spirit man, the Holy Spirit in me, praying through me, it's partnership. It's the Holy Spirit living in us, but it's our mouth moving. We're not taken over. We're not possessed. It's a partnership. And uh, it's the Holy Spirit uh, moving in me, and that language is a a mystery. Now, it's not mystery in a sense like it's special secret knowledge that no one can know. That's not that kind of mystery. It's a mystery in that it's things probably already in the Bible. Like What I mean is like speaking things to my spirit that God's already revealed, but he's highlighting truths. He's highlighting impressions. He's highlighting emotions of God. And so by praying in the spirit, it is releasing those mysteries, but my natural man can't understand it. I can't really understand it. So what do I do? How do I understand those mysteries if I'm praying it and I don't even understand it? Isn't that kind of bizarre? Well, what I like to do is I pray in the Spirit for a while, and then I get a journal out, and I just wait on the Lord and say, well, Lord, what are you talking to me about? And just see if there's the areas God's been sensitizing my heart. I'll just write some impressions down. Sometimes when I like, before even preaching, you know, before this morning I was praying in the Spirit, or before I do things, I'll pray in the Spirit, and I just, I just that what that does many times is uh, quicken my own sensitivity so some of the things God wants to share with me, I'm able to receive. Because the Holy Spirit lives in us, and so he's right there. He wants to talk to us about stuff. So when we pray things out in the Spirit, there's mysteries that God wants to impress upon our own spirit. I know it sounds kind of strange, but when you ask God, you know, some of you, when you ask the Lord things like, Lord, and what are you saying for this person? You're, you're waiting to get a mystery from God, like a picture or a, an impression so that you can bless them. It's just hearing God. And so by praying in the Spirit, it will sensitize you to hear the Lord. So I, re- I remember doing that. I've done that many times in deliverance or inner healing sessions where there's somebody we're praying for, and there's a few of us, well, just quietly. They don't even have to hear me, just praying under my breath, you know, and waiting for the Lord to drop some understanding in my heart. And I say, hey, have you thought about this? Have you thought about that? And I'm just trusting the Lord that if he pops something in my mind or my heart when I'm praying in the Spirit, it's from him. And, you know, that's how I test it. And I, I just practice doing that. And, and I feel like that's how we, sometimes we can receive mysteries. All right, let's look at the next one. Pretty interesting, huh? <laughs> Edifying ourselves. Uh, to edify is kind of strange. It literally means to build up, to strengthen. Now, when we pray in the Spirit, many times we don't feel anything. Like, there's nothing going on. We're just praying in the Spirit. We're just praying. It doesn't feel like much is happening. But I kind of, 
I kind of like to look at it as like taking multivitamins. You know, you don't, you don't, if you pray in the Spirit 15 minutes a day, like taking multivitamin, you don't understand how that's working in your body, a multivitamin. But because you're taking it, it, it strengthens you over time. Um, but it's a way to build yourself up, edify yourself. Look at 1 Corinthians 14, 4. It says, he who speaks in a tongue edifies himself. Jude 20 says, build yourselves up on your most holy faith, praying in the Spirit, building up by praying in the Spirit. So what I like to do uh, is to pray in the Spirit when I'm driving my car, pray in the Spirit in the morning for a little bit as a part of my prayer time. I think that's how Paul said he prayed more than anyone. If you think about it, he was a tent maker, and he traveled a lot on foot between cities. I bet he prayed a lot in the Spirit when he was doing that. I knew a, a, one of the guys on our base that's a leader on our base. He may be in meetings for eight hours a day, and people have actually asked him, how are you so happy Like for all of those meetings? The meetings are so boring. He's like, I just pray in the Spirit under my breath. The whole time he's praying in the Spirit, listening to what's going on, and just thinking about the Lord's presence in him. Just communing with God. But in the whole time he's building himself up, strengthening himself. Um, that's a way to cultivate. You know, the Bible says to pray unceasingly. Many of you, us have read that and be like, that's impossible. How can I pray unceasingly? Like, I've got to talk to people. <laughs> I can't pray then. I've got to, you know, drive my car. I've got to go to work. How can I... Well, many of us have jobs or we're doing things throughout the day that, that don't require, we can actually pray in the Spirit under our breath, and it, doesn't, it won't af affect the, the task or the function we have to do. Actually, we'll improve it. <laughs> and we can actually pray unceasingly, like Paul said. One thing I like to do when I'm uh, bu building myself up, praying Spirit, I like to, this is really interesting, that God not is only in us, but also I'm before his throne. You ever thought about that? Like it says you're seated in heavenly places, so you're actually, your spirit man, when you pray, your voice is being heard in heaven, like boom, right in the throne room where the Father sits on a real throne. But the Holy Spirit lives in you, and so you're praying right here with the Spirit in you. It's both happening at once. So I like to pray in the Spirit and just think of the Lord's presence in me. Think of Him dwelling in me and just kind of give myself a hug. That sounds kind of strange, but it's actually we need that. We need to feel how God loves and feels about us. He wants to release how much he loves us and how much he enjoys communion with us. So I like to pray in the Spirit and just think about God living in me and how amazing that is. I also like to pray in the Spirit and think about the picture of Revelation 4 of, of, the, of the throne room, that whole reality of where my voice is heard and what's happening in heaven. So we can focus our attention when we do that on different places. I think praying in the Spirit to build yourself up, I have seen that repeatedly through friends in my life. Praying in the Spirit always equals a type of breakthrough. Always. Um, there was a time where I really struggled with depression, and, and I could not shake it. I did a lot of things. But over the course, I think this was one of the main ingredients God used was fasting and praying in the Spirit. And, and over the time of that year or two, God delivered me. And I think part of it is because he was teaching me how to build myself up so I could receive what he'd already paid for could receive that breakthrough. So I didn't earn it, but I kind of positioned myself to, so God could give it to me. I've, so I knew a man that was, uh, had a relative that was sick out west, and they drove to go pray for them, some kind of terminal illness, 
and they prayed in the Spirit for eight hours. Prayed in tongues eight hours on the way, driving in the car. When they got there, they laid hands on that sick person, that chronic illness, and they got healed. Just think about it. It's pretty good, huh? Pretty nice. <laughs> you just got to just enjoy the ride, enjoy the music, pray in the Spirit. Let the Lord do with the rest. Um, and so it's a real way to build yourself up in the Spirit. Finally, praying in the Spirit is blessing and thanking God. You can read those verses on your own. It's a different way to bless and praise the Lord. So I just want to encourage those who have that prayer language, try using it 15 minutes a day. I'd encourage every believer to engage in your prayer language 15 minutes a day. and Just try it for a month. Try it as a part of your prayer routine and just see what it's like. And you'll go through the parts that your brain will be telling you, this is silly, or why am I doing this? And part of you, there will be times where you feel like, wow, you're really expressing something on your heart to God. Or maybe you're journaling, you feel like the Lord really was talking to you. So there will be ups and downs, but I want to encourage you to try to uh, put that, inject that into your prayer life. Let's uh, go to page four here. So receiving the gift of tongues. And then we're going to pray for, for us here. After this, at the bottom of page four is some, just some pastoral things about praying in devotional tongues, if you want to read that on your own, how to do that in a way that loves and honors other people. But Roman numeral five. So we notice, if you go back to the Great Commission, when Jesus left to go to heaven, it's listed in Matthew chapter 28 and Mark 16. Very interesting in Mark 16, when Jesus said, go out and preach the gospel, he said it in the context of praying in tongues. And so I think part of it is if we want to accomplish what the Lord has for us to do, we really need to learn to pray in the Spirit. It's, it's a, a real tool that God's given us to help accomplish the Great Commission, to preach, to heal with greater uh, efficacy. Um, I think we can ask the Lord to give us grace to receive the gift. We can ask Him. You know, if Jesus said, I came to send fire on the earth, how I wish it was already kindled, and I'm distressed until, and I'm, distressed until I'm baptized so I can do that. I long to kindle fire on the earth. I long to put my spirit in other people for awareness of my presence, to, to empower people to live pure lives for me, and to be able to pray with power. I am longing to kindle fire on your heart. I think Jesus would say that. Kindle fire for purity. Kindle fire for his presence. If Jesus longed like that, I want to long like that for his presence in me too. I want to I step into that. And I think when we ask for it, that we can, we can have faith that the Lord wants to give it to us, and let's just take that step of faith and see what happens. Um, just a few stories. Um, some people, I guess I'll go with letter E first, some people think when they ask the Lord for um, their prayer language, or, the, you know, a, another filling, another baptism. I believe when you get saved and you, you, you get, if you ask the Lord to come in, you get baptized. But we can ask for other fillings. If we're asking for another filling and 
the, uh, the gift of tongues, some people think God is going to make you do it. And I've, I've never really seen that happen. I probably, I don't know how many people I've seen get the gift of tongues in youth group or, you know, adults or on the mission field. And I've never seen like God just totally take over anybody. It's a partnership. He likes to do things with us and do things in us, but never just take us over. Um, that's typically the principle. I mean, God can do whatever he wants. I mean, I'm not going to say that. But that's a typical principle. And so what, one thing we can be aware of is uh, he's not going to force us to do something. And I think other people wait for even an overwhelming sense of the Spirit so strong that it just, like, knocks us out. Now, I've seen that happen to people, and that's happened to me. But it doesn't always happen that way. That shouldn't be our way to measure what God's doing just in case you feel this overwhelming power or presence of God. I don't think we need to measure it that way. The, the typical way the Holy Spirit moves is like a gentle breeze. It's very gentle. He's very gentle. Typically, I, I mean, if he came in here like fire and just knocked some of us over and, and did some amazing things in our hearts, I would be great with that. <laughs> but typically, when we pray, uh, it'll just be like a sensation of, of, his, of his kindness, of his love, maybe just feel some act, like a little small activity or movement on our body physically or awareness of his presence in our mind and our emotion, that's the Holy Spirit. And we can cultivate that sensitivity more and more as we pray, read the word, and give time to the Lord. Privately, that sensitivity can grow. So it could be happening we don't even know. The Lord wants to cultivate that. But if we pray today, you know, we don't have to expect for God to force us to do anything or overwhelm us. We can just pray to receive and many times we'll be aware that there's something that God wants us to release. We'll feel it. We'll know. He has words for me to release. And that's the part where you have to trust the Lord to speak it out. To not know what it's going to sound like, but to speak it out. It's like me at 11 years old. Like I could feel something bubbling in me, and it was hard for me just to let go and let, just say those words. I thought maybe it's a little silly or I wasn't sure what was going to happen. But part of that's just trusting. Hey, this is what the Bible says. You got the Holy Spirit in you. Nothing bad's going to happen to you. You're going to be okay. You're going to be all right. And uh, I've seen different people with this area maybe may confront just different areas about their view of God or receiving gifts or fear about, but that's okay. It doesn't mean anything wrong's happening. It just means you're actually pressing into God and something good's going to happen. I really think that's just what happens. Every time you take a step of faith, many times you have different thoughts. And so I just want to throw that out there. You know, I was at a place when we were in China praying for some missionaries, and we were in an evangelical mission organization that we wasn't really preaching or teaching on that gift, but in our small team of a few people, uh, they, two of our teammates wanted to receive that gift. And so we are about to go into mainland China and, and be on a campus, and we were praying, and right when we started praying for them, they both started speaking in tongues. It was like so easy. But I've also been in a situation with a buddy from the school I was at where he was feeling the Lord on him, and it took him, I mean, it took him like over an hour just to let go, and he spoke in tongues after that, in the backseat of a car during a rainstorm. And so it's just different for every people. And so I just want to throw that out there that the Lord can move and to just let him do that. So I want to call up for worship. We're going to have a ministry time here, and um, just trust the Lord has some things for us. So Let's just uh, here wait on the Lord here. Well, Lord, we just thank you. And we, we know you're here already, Holy Spirit. 
So we just invite you here again. We ask you as a people, Lord, touch us. We don't just want a teaching on this. We want some of us, Lord, to walk in a greater measure for what you paid for, Jesus, because you said you long to send fire. So send fire on us, Lord, in Jesus' name. Send your fire. That longing for more of Jesus, that longing to have more power for God to do things in our lives, send that fire. Like the Lord longed for us, Lord, would you put in our hearts to long for you, to long for you. Lord, send your baptism on us in Jesus' name. And um, Let's just all stand if you want. You don't have to. Let's just stand. Yeah, if we, if you, I'm going to just call a couple groups forward. I'm going to have you stand by yourself first, and then we'll have a ministry team come up. I just want to present yourself to the Lord, between you and the Lord. But if you're a believer that uh, you just want to grow more in praying in the Spirit, um, you felt stirred, if you want people to pray for you, I want you to come forward and just come forward. You can come forward right now. If there's anybody that would like to receive the gift of tongues, and, you know, maybe you've tried it before, and it was, it was, didn't work out or you didn't know what happened, but you'd like to try again and invite God to touch you, I would just say, try again. Try again. I know, uh, like John Piper, he asks frequently. And for some reason, that hasn't happened for him. I don't know what that is, but I love that he's doing that. So if that's for you, I just say, come forward. Someone's going to pray for you. And, um, and we'd love to pray for you and just see if the Lord would, uh, he's going to do something for you today. I believe it. He's going to send fire on your heart. If there's a uh, uh, anybody that doesn't know Jesus and you want God living in you, you're tired of living on your own, you want to surrender and give Jesus your life, you want to follow him because you know he's got a better plan, and then you want his spirit to come on you and, and be able to help fight that areas of, uh, that are hurting you in your life. Maybe there's areas of sin or destruction. You go, you're powerless to fight. But come and receive Jesus. He'll put his spirit on you, and the spirit of God is stronger than that area of temptation or sin. And he will be able to save you out of that sin. Only Jesus can save you. Not your own strength. Not a psychologist. Only Jesus can save you and deliver you from uh, that power, that grip. And I just sense there's somebody God wants to deliver you from some type of thing that's gripping you, that is hurting you. So come forward and and just surrender to Jesus. And I believe his spirit's going to touch you. So if that applies to anybody, I just invite you to come up. You can just spread out here on the front. And then if there's any believers here that have liked to pray for people... You prayed for people before to receive the Holy Spirit or to speak in tongues. Come forward and pray for people. And, um, you know, anybody from the ministry team, you're welcome. But, you know, if, you're getting, if you want to receive prayer, just kind of spread out up front. And um, let's just keep this as a sanctuary of prayer. Father, I ask in the name of Jesus, send fire on, uh, on our congregation. Lord, stir in us, Lord, the longings that you have, Holy Spirit, for Jesus and the longings for the Father. And put it in us. Never let us be the same. And if you're, um, you're dismissed to go if you need to leave, but I'd, I'd ask just to keep this as a place of a prayer. This sanctuary is a place of prayer. So if you need to go and go get your children, you can go get them or bring them back. Um, and if you've got a prayer language, just stand and pray in the prayer language for a while if you like. Just pray with us. We're just going to pray together. Lord, we just thank you. If you have any other need on your heart, come forward. We want to pray for you. Any other need about your family or your work, 
Anything you came in burdened today, don't leave burdened today. Let the Lord come and take any burdens off of you. Just sometimes when we, when we de- express the burdens we have and, and have someone pray for us, God will lift it off of us. So if you have any burden, come forward. We welcome you.